Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. Slightly shorter than usual show this week. As you can understand, logistically, it's not easy to put together an entire podcast. We have to socially distance. I take an extra step back there from William just so I can stretch the arm to the fullest of length. Let's see how far I can stretch it in a safe manner. William, how are you? Good evening, Rob. I'm not too bad. That's about... That's safe. That's safe. I mean... It's as safe as we're going to get anyways. We were all wearing masks. We were all social distance. Great job from the 200 Connick fans here. They made plenty of noise. Sounded like more than 200. 200 crowds of 200 tend to do these days because they know they have a job to do. And uh, dreadful first half. Incredible second half. Yeah, it was a a poor first half rugby-wise. I suppose it was for the purest. There was a lot of tackling and uh, rucks and mauls and a lot of penalties. Both sides getting on the wrong side of the referee. Uh, I was worried about Connacht at half-time because I thought it was turning into the typical game against Glasgow where they they compete for a bit and then they get ground down and then in the second half, Glasgow get away from them. I know the games here have often been tight, but games in Glasgow have often taken that uh, shape. And whatever Andy Friend said to them at half-time, and you'll hear the interview, so he gives us a little bit of what he said. Uh, i say it might have been a bit, bit more direct than the way he said it to, to me when I spoke to him. And um, it was a really good game of rugby in the second half. It opened up. Connacht decided to open it up because they were being beaten up uh, when it was close in. And once they got their skill sets running, and look, when Bundy scores two tries, you sort of feel, well, that's, that's your talisman. And he wasn't necessarily as dominant a figure as he was in the Ulster victory, but he was the finishing touch that last try because it was a beautiful flowing move started by Porch's electric acceleration, uh, continued by the brilliance of Wooden. And what was that line that Andy Friend had in the interview? Something about the fact that I like the way he keeps the ball alive, something like that. He doesn't let the ball never dies with him. That was his quote. Up pops Bondiaki. I feel like he. It was almost like he tunnelled up out of a trap door and just popped up in the twenty-two to score the try. Yeah, and that's there's a skill in that because being in the right place at the right time and reading the game. Uh, that's the match-winning score, isn't it? That's your highlight. Yes, it is. But the other thing is John Porch has pace to burn and pace in any... I don't care what sport you're playing. Any team sport or individual sport, if you're running around a tennis court, if you're quicker than the opposition, he just motored there. And he, he comes into the line. I thought the back three today were very impressive. Uh, they worked well as a unit. And it gives you, you feel confident when they get the ball, especially when they're going forward. They might have to work a little bit. A few of their defensive lines mightn't have quite worked for them today. But going forward, they're a potent looking force. And so that's Peter Sullivan, that's Alex Wooten and that's Sean Porch. The same back three that were involved in the very impressive victory over Ulster at the Viva. Yeah, and at the time, I think there was a few people wondering about that selection, but I suppose they were saying, well, it's an opportunity to see if they're any good. Well, we've seen tonight that on the attack, they were very impressive. Uh, Connacht will have a lot of work-ons in this. They gave away a lot of penalties. They conceded a couple of softish tries. Glasgow blew some chances towards the end there. A couple of overlaps in both halves and a line-out on the edge of the Connacht 22 when they had wrestled momentum back that was butchered as well. They have loads of things to regret, but Connacht earned that as well. Yeah, but you know it's it's uh, y- y- you take the win and they'll they'll pick this game apart now on Monday and they'll get ready for Cardiff next weekend. That's an unusual game. It's, it's obviously it's in Wales, but it's at Newport, so it's not on that r- rotten artificial pitch at the Arms Park, which I think gives Cardiff a massive advantage. All teams dislike going there because of the pitch, 
same way they don't like coming here when the wind blows and the rain and tonight we had no wind no rain and the biggest problem for the fans in the clan terrace was the blinding low sun <laughs> yes exactly well uh, before we get back into the details of the game and uh, kind of look ahead towards that Cardiff game here are Andy Friend and Kira Marmion in conversation with William afterwards Andy, that was uh, the game of two halves. How, what was going through your head when Glasgow took that lead just on half-time? Well, I actually thought we were lucky only to be down by uh, the four points at half-time, William. You know, there was, a, there was a, another opportunity for three points uh, that they missed me, we missed one as well. Um, but I just thought yeah, they, they were the, the more disciplined team and, and uh, they applied a lot of pressure. I thought our defence got us out of it. A fair few tricky situations there, so um, there was frustration certainly at half time because um, I felt our opening ten minutes was brilliant. I thought we we played all the rugby and and you know, we defended well, we attacked well, we applied pressure, we got a penalty, we came back, we got another penalty, um, and then we just went into this ill-disciplined uh, trap that we've fallen into over the, the last few weeks or the last few games. Um, so what was really pleasing was the second half. How we turned that around and, and managed to get the win. Yeah, the, the, the halftime team talk seemed, seemed to work. Uh, the second half looked a lot more settled. Uh, Jack Carty took control of the game, um, got you into good positions, and then two tries for Bundyaki. It's, uh, I suppose that really sets you up for, a, for to win a game if he gets if he gets over the line twice. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought yeah. But, Bundy's um, energy out there was brilliant and, and you know, he, he got himself across the plane a couple of times, which is good. I thought our 9 and 10, you know, Kieran's sitting here beside me, but I thought our 9 and 10 controlled the game really, really well in the second half. Uh, and we started to play a bit more rugby. You know, you will see in the first half there, we a lot of malls and, and to Glasgow's credit, we didn't get much pay out of that. But when, as soon as we started to come off the top and we, we started to move the ball a bit more, um, I thought we stretched them and... Um, you know, a couple of those, we, we, work, we work a lot on transition uh, at training and a couple of those tries came from really good transition, so we're pleased with that. And was that a specific discussion at half-time that you needed to, to get the game opened rather than uh, getting involved in an arm wrestle? Yeah, there was that discussion, but listen, the biggest point at half-time was, fellas, we are beating ourselves at the moment. If we don't control the discipline, we've got no chance of winning this game, so... Nine penalties up to half time, one penalty in the second half, and there's the difference. We managed to put three tries on the board in the second half um, because you know our, our pressure does hurt teams, and uh, you know I think again it's a great learn for us early on in the season to to have that reinforced how, how important that discipline is. Uh, Kieran, how do, what's the the mood in the changing room after that? It must be nice to get a, uh, against them. Yeah, I mean we played Glasgow a lot. First game of the season over the years. Um, I think everyone knows that they're a great side. So um, the way we fought back today, uh, the way we played in that second half, I think we showed great character, um, and we showed what we can do in that second half. And uh, when it all came together, it's a great win at the end of the day, and something that we can really build on going forward in this season. And just give me a, an idea of what it's like to play. I win a game like that in front of a... Re, I mean, it's a tiny crowd. We know the reasons why. But did it feel different today to a normal home game here or the first game of the season when the place is usually completely jammed? Yeah, I mean, usually the crowd's very loud here in the sports ground. Um, but you can definitely still hear the 200 lads 
fans that were here today. So um, we talked a lot about creating our own energy as well. Um, we knew we'd have to bring bring that to the tables. But uh, in fairness to the 200 that came, they were loud and uh, cheered us on the whole way. Yeah, I, I thought. Um, well, that was the back three that we played against Ulster, and I know at the time when we put them out there against Ulster, uh, even when talking to the, those fellas after the game, they were. They were sort of looking at themselves saying, are we the right back three? But uh, they went out and they, they delivered a great performance in that game. Um, and then there again today, I think they, they're very, very different. You know, I think you start with Alex Whitten on the left wing there. Never dies with a football. A couple of beautiful little kicks through today when, you know, often you'll see wingers die with a football, get thrown into touch. He keeps that ball alive, which is really, really positive. Pete Sullivan on the other side, he's just a big physical man. Um, and he's got, you know, he's got a lot of presence around around his game, what he does in both attack and defence. He's still learning the game in terms of at this level because it's only his second second time out there. But um, there's a lot to like about Pete. Uh, and then Johnny Porch at the back of the field, he's, he's, just, he's just got gas. He's got gas and he sees space. Um, he's, you know, he's, I just think, again, he just brings real punch and real energy, which is what you want from a fullback. So the three of them collectively, uh, they make up, a pretty neat little package, and that's the yeah, it's the second time we've seen it. The second time I've liked it. As we know, Kieran's got a lot of tests for his country. Hopefully, he's going to get a lot more tests for his country. So, um, you know, he, he, he has got great composure. Uh, I thought some of his defence out there today was outstanding again. Um, Jack, similar. You know, when Jack Cardi backs himself and believes in himself, he's a very, very special rugby player. Uh, and then when Kalen came on, I just thought the way he controlled and managed that last little piece. You know, there's no panic with it. Um, so really, really good to have three three good halves. Um, and we had Connor Fitz on the bench as well, who's a, who's a young 10 coming through, who's also got that level of composure. Just being able to control the game and, and put us in the right areas and, and not panic when uh, when pressure comes on. Yeah, it's one it's one of Connor's targets is to get is to get Connor men in the in the green jersey of Ireland. So um, I think there were some great performances out there today. Um, Dave Heffernan was very, very strong. Fino Bielham again was strong. Quinn Wu. Um, we had Kieran there. We had Jack. You know, there was Tom Farrell. There's some good, really good performances. Bundy, as we know. Um, so there's a lot of performances there. But uh, you know, the new coaching staff with uh, well, Andy and his new coaching staff, they've got a lot to look at. One final question for Andy. Any any injuries come out of that, Andy? Uh, Bundy seemed to pick up a little bit of a knock, but it didn't stop him playing. The last 12 minutes from the uh, from his seat on the sideline, I can tell you. Yeah, a lot of that noise was coming from Bundy, wasn't it? Uh, it was. I, I think I think he's okay, mate. He's, he's got ice on at the moment. We'll wait and see um, tomorrow. But otherwise, it looked like we came through pretty clean. Yeah, um, very disappointed to be honest with you. I think that um, as we spoke about then, you know, to uh, our discipline let us down. Way too many soft penalties in in key areas and at key times in that game and. Um, couple of poor decisions that left us pretty exposed. You go away from home, you score 24 points, you should win the game. Um, so it tells us a lot about the same areas that we need to keep banging away at. Yeah, I, I mean, look, we, I thought we had some really good defensive sets tonight and at times managed that re relatively well. But, you know, we, we, we fed, fed them a little bit at times, with, like I said, with some poor decision-making and some poor discipline. Um, there's a couple of key moments there that lead to soft tries. If I'm honest, not taking anything away from Connox, I think they... They uh, delivered a, a good performance and probably managed certain situations better than we did. So um, there's lessons to learn from that game and, and uh, some areas functioned really well tonight. And uh, like I say, discipline certainly wasn't one of them. 
yeah, a lot, a lot of good stuff um, from Hugh. You know, I think uh, you know his attacking presence, and we know what he can do. Maybe, maybe one or two other bits that that perhaps need to improve on. Um, but we'll look at that. But yeah, on the whole, still, still learning that position. And there was a couple of times that that there's bits to improve on, but a lot of good stuff as well. I was going to mention it off the top, but you mentioned it in the press conference there because of the quiet ground and it kind of was one of the highlights of the second half was when Bundiaki came off. Boy, did he shout some encouragement. Um, I could only pick up bits in the commentary, but there were a couple of times when he was shouting, patience. I did suggest at that point that we could nearly just stretch the microphone out and let him join us in the commentary. We could have let him commentate. He's he's the one man. Hang on now, union. One one man action force on the touchline. Um, and yeah, look, maybe it got them over the line. It, 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 it's he's calling the stuff. It's, fa- it's fascinating to listen to. You could hear a lot this evening with the crowd not being here. Um, it's interesting some of the talking that goes on. Some of it's um, pretty basic uh, in terms of language, uh, but some of it is a little bit more interesting, uh, especially at scrum time. Uh, you can hear things being shouted from the sideline that you'd never hear when there's a crowd here. Sometimes it's just guys letting off steam, but I'd say other times it's actually, uh, it, it, it does make sense. So it's a, it's just a different atmosphere. We all know that. We all uh, are aware of this scenario. We don't know how it's going to pan out going forward. But the first game is played. Uh, the first game is won. And Cardiff await now next uh, Saturday in, in Newport, and the season is is then up and running. Bizarrely, we are stopping then for a week so that the Champions Cup final can be played, which I'm sick saying is nonsense. It is nonsense, and then it's back on full on with away to Edinburgh, home to Benetton, and after you've played four games, and some of your players maybe have disappeared off to Ireland, you'll get a better feel. But at the moment, just you just take a win, especially against this side. I mean, Connacht's record against them is not good. And six defeats in a row of recent times. I think you were saying we think it's something like only two wins in about sixteen. We may get corrected on that next week, but it was something around that. Yeah, it's not good. Those two wins happened very close together. If anyone remembers them, if you don't remember them, seriously. Yeah, May 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 two thousand and sixteen um, led to great times and great things. But uh, arm your neck and whiskey and celebration. There's a lot of everything in celebration and ferries and driving all night to get back to see the team being fated by thousands of fans uh, at this ground. So I think they'll take a lot of positives out of this, but I think they'll also be realistic that a more clinical side maybe than Glasgow would have put them away. But I like the way they I like the way they're trying to play and I like the way that they made a decision in the second half that there was no point trying to out-muscle Glasgow because they weren't going to win that. No, do you know what they did? Lots of little soft and well-timed offloads. There was lots of little pops out of the tackle. We saw a few from Dave Everton did a couple. Quinn Rue drew a few defenders. Really clever stuff to just kind of release players. Simple stuff and stuff that they practice. But in the first, in the first half, I think they, they started well for 10 minutes and then they spent 30 minutes having an arm wrestle and not getting very far with it and struggling with the referee as well um, and a yellow card for Quinn Rue so to only go in as Andy Friend said in the interview uh, 10-3 down at half time was probably uh, a surprise also too dreadful uh, well Jack Carty won't be happy with his kick but I don't, I, I don't, think, I don't know how Glasgow missed that penalty but I like the way as, as, as you've said they, they used the offloads uh, they changed the way they played they took their chances and they went for it they wanted to use their skill set 
and look can, can I read into as well on what you're saying that another way that transpired was how quickly they wanted to move the ball from the line out it was just constantly one at the line out and then it was down into the hands of Jared Butler and he was transferring it to Marmion and we were crashing it up with usually Aki sometimes Farrell sometimes Conor Oliver yeah get it moving mm. get the ball away from the contact area start of the game uh, they were doing well they weren't committing very many men to the breakdown so the defensive line was uh, probably 13 on occasions but then when it got harder they had to put more and more men into the breakdown area and the whole pattern and shape became a bit more desperate by Connacht their defensive lines it held well they made a lo- they made a lot of tackles Glasgow I think didn't miss a tackle in this game till about the 61st minute Connacht had missed four in the first half and uh, that shows the you know that shows the effort that they were making but once they started moving the ball it Connacht looked more convinced about what they were doing and that's something that on a dry almost windless night you can do big challenge for that will be what if you're playing here in December and the wind's hori- uh, the rain's horizontal and the wind's howling because then you have to go back to your hard drive single game but tonight, they made the right decisions. They took their chances. They won the game. Halfbacks, I like tonight. Kieran Marmion and Jack Cardi. We were a little bit worried at halftime about where Jack Cardi's form was. I saw it burst out in the second half with some clever kicks. A beautiful whipped pass at one stage, right to left, all the way out to Wooden. As only he can. I think his passing sometimes is underrated. Absolutely. He had a, I don't think he had a great first half, really. I think by his own admission. No. And there was, a, you know, there was a kick that went too far. And it just didn't quite click. But look... Players are not robots, you can't program them, but sometimes it just happens. A couple of things go well and they've got their mojo back. Uh, Kieran Marmion was good tonight as well, he was he was in there snapping away. I watched quite a lot of the game uh, through my binoculars, so you can see him in and he's barking orders and he's pushing and shoving and cajoling. And I think if you have a scrum half that's doing that, they can create a little bit more time for themselves because the referee sees that they're really... Involved in getting this ball out. Um, Laid had a good impact at the end as well, which is what you need from your, your backup scrum half, and he made a couple of key tackles as we picked out in the commentary. And then as I just go through the whole team, I just, I'm curious to me that, you know, there was a moment for a long period of time in the Aviva Stadium where we thought that's another disastrous blow for Gavin Thornbury as he took what was looked like a really serious injury. So sometimes you just have to stop for a moment and be thankful that one of those kind of bad moments actually turned and it wasn't that bad. And as it happens, here he is, what, what are we, five weeks later, out on the field putting in a fine display. Yeah, second half in particular. I thought the player of the match was correct. It's someone I don't pay a lot of attention to, but I thought Jared Butler was immense. And I think I said in one of the WhatsApp notes I sent to to yourself, he was everywhere. Every single time somebody needed to do something, he did it. I thought he was actually poor against Munster last week. And it just stood out to me a little bit. But everyone was poor in that game. But it just was like, what's going on with Jared Butler? Everything's fine, folks. He's back to normal. Yeah, I think that's one of the things about a game like that. I, I you know, I, the point I would make about it was you were twelve nil down after five minutes, yeah. and I don't know where you go with that. I know, but they were poor, and uh, I suspect on Monday in here they were told fairly bluntly that they were poor, and it it, it wasn't good enough. Uh, so they've come out tonight and reacted, and they've had to fix a problem at halftime, and they have fixed it. Now you could. Play a game next week and at halftime the opposition would be further ahead and you wouldn't be able to fix it. So you need to start at the they need to start at the pitch that they played in the second half. It's not always easy, but that's what they've got to aim for next week.
We might get a chance during the week for a bit of press conference audio, maybe a mini pod as well on all our different feeds, so stick with us on that. Bear with us as well in these early stages of the season. As you can imagine, the crew aren't here. I mean, it's just, we miss our crew. We miss the lads. But that's the way it is. We're all kind of turned inside out and upside down. We were across the pitch from the opposite side than usual on our commentaries. Lots of different things had to happen today. And we're just kind of rolling with it, I guess. It's very unusual. Um, you know, you normally go into the media room to do the press conference and you get to chat to all the media that are there and... Uh, listeners won't appreciate this but the video footage today from the press conference was like some sort of 1980s pop video I don't know what was going on but they were kind of like pixelated in and out it was really weird well I switched my video off I just wanted the audio but standing here on the terrace you don't normally interview uh, remotely Oh, actually, you do. No, you do interview remotely. That's the whole point. And we are supposed to get used to this, but it is still quite uh, quite odd. Yeah, some great content in that press conference as well. Oh, delighted to say, because she's been very, very busy working on her article for the Irish Times. Lindy McKenzie. It must be finished now, right? Uh, sort of. Sort of. Mm, interesting. A little bit more to do. Okay. Well, thanks on. for joining us. <laughs> You're welcome. What did you think of that? Um, well, first of all, I found it extremely frustrating <laughs> because as a glasses wearer, <laughs> I found my mask between my mask, my glasses and my binoculars. <laughs> I think I spent more time adjusting them than and trying to keep an eye on the match and losing track of sometimes what was going on with fogged glasses and binoculars and et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, look, at the end of the day, I think the most important thing is, is the win. I really do. I think if think if they had come out of that match, they would have been kicking themselves for a first half that was, oh, very frustrating and to watch, um, and they would have been. Would on you say poor from Connacht? I'm or not was, sure. I'm yeah, not sure. You're if, talking more general. The I'm whole not, game. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if it was poor. I just think that they let Glasgow dictate how the game was going to be played, and I. You know, if they had have lost it, that you know they would have been on the hind foot right from the start, and you know no momentum. And you know Andy Friend has has, has signalled his desire to have a semi be in the semi final that go one step further than last season, and you'd be ha- having an uphill battle, wouldn't you, in these conditions in, during COVID times? And we don't know what's going to happen in the future if you don't get that win. You know, it's good for everyone. It's good for the team after all the work that they've put. I'm not saying other teams haven't done that, but you know, particularly, you know, I'm not really worried that, worried about other teams. No. You know, but for Connaught and the work that they have done during, you know, the COVID times, you know, the efforts that they've made, you could actually see it on the pitch. I think what one of the nicest things was the pitch, and Andy Friend did refer to it earlier this season in the press conference about wanting them to talk to each other, to chat to each other, to pat each other on the back. While you could just hear them all over the pitch, could you? And from the sidelines. Who um, would you be referring to from the sidelines? Well, Bundyaki. Well, well, Bundy, when he came off particularly, was yes, obviously... Yes, yes, yes. We've been talking about that. Our yeah, listeners will know that, I mean, absolutely brilliant. But you could hear him on the pitch. Okay. You could hear, you collective could, thing. As, as a collective, collective, you could hear other people on the pitch. I could hear, you know, Tim Allnut down in, in front mm. of me yelling as well and cheering them on. And it was great. It was, you know, that's that's what... That's because they played Munster three times and they've been listening to the Munster lads yelling like no team mm-hmm. yells. So uh, sometimes you have to ask yourself, do you... <laughs> is, it, is it better just to... If you can't beat them, join them. Well, I think it's also more important when you don't have the when you don't have a uh, the, the, the audience yelling and, and cheering them on they've got to do Although it they did their best the ones who were here uh, they did a great job absolutely it is very hard when there's only 200 yeah i mean it but it was very well organized obviously and there was lots of you know space given to anyone oh they, they definitely socially distanced very well very impressed connick fans william you were going to jump in there yeah 
thought Eddie the Eagle should have been here today to to whip up the two hundred. Hmm. I would have thought he could. I mean, he could have worn. Make a mask big enough for him. I think. Yeah. I think we could make a mask big enough for Eddie yeah. and and get him out there. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Lads, final thoughts, right? You know, um, I don't think we asked this enough, but like, how are you? How are you, Lindy? In this time, <sighs> fogged up again. Fogged up. <laughs> but in a more general sense, I, I like not to get too deep, but you know, people should ask that more. Um, I'm good. You're good now tonight when we're watching. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's great to be back. I'm, I've been working from home, obviously. Had a, a, f- a few necessary uh, days in the office. Um, but most of the time I'm working from home. Beautiful Oop Gerard. Yes. And, you know, it, it, look, you can't you can't keep too dug down in the, the depths of despair and what could be and what should be and where you could be going on your holidays as, as I'm desperate to have gone on a summer holiday and haven't. You don't. You look at all the positive things. And I have to say, I have enjoyed, when you talk about beautiful Oop Gerard, discovering all the wonderful walks and the places oh, yeah, that, you, so. that yeah. you can go. And watching the different colours and the different seasons that we have actually gone through has mm. also been quite interesting. Um, trying to amuse oneself <laughs> with extra food and, you know, new recipes, etc. Um, Spin-off so- podcast. <laughs> yeah, look, it's been, it's been very different. Uh, thankfully, cricket came back. Uh, Tour France came back. Oh, thank God. Uh, no, I didn't say that made much difference to me. Uh, <laughs> the New York Mets came back and uh, spent... They left again. They left again, having spent an extraordinary amount of money. Uh, just to give you an idea, they've just been sold for $2.8 billion, hmm. uh, which is the difference in money in that sport. Uh, so now it's just uh, Connacht and West Ham to keep me amused, and hopefully they will for the rest of the uh, the winter. But, uh, yeah, it's, look, it's good to be back. It's a real privilege to be in here, I'm aware that a lot of people would love to have been here today. Some lucky people got in because they went into the draw. Hopefully, just hopefully that can be extended. But, you know, it's hard at the moment. And I think fans just need to try to stick with it and to buy in to what's happening. It's still your team. They're out there doing their best. And today they got a good win and they played some decent rugby at times. And the challenge ahead is to... They'll have to get better. And we'll see now next Saturday how they do in Cardiff. I'm going to pick three favourite moments from this game. Kieran Marmion's tackle behind the gain line that drove Greg back and turned uh, an exciting Glasgow attack at a key point into a really difficult turnover from their perspective and a huge moment for Connacht. Second favourite moment, Bundy Aki's celebration. When he popped up from the scored a trying, got off the ground and did the little celebration to the camera. We haven't seen that, but we know it must look cool. And my third point was when the Connacht team were about to go into the tunnel, before into the dressing room before the game, they did their usual half-pitch lap, as you'd imagine they do and I have to say I, I have the chills even thinking about it but my hairs in the back of the neck stood up when the few fans who were there gave them the normal roar and I think in a world where we're all crave normality that was a nice moment great moment and uh, fair play to the fans fair play yeah, they were brilliant well done every one of them because everyone who came you could see they they appreciated yeah, no, they it want, they and they wanted, probably shouted more than they might even normally do. Yes, they wanted to, they wanted to be part of it yes. and that's the next, I will say to the next fans who get here on the 1st of November because I'm sure it'll be a different different crew of fans will, will be involved in that draw and it's Benetton and it might be a totally different game 
at a totally different time and it could be freezing cold and wet and windy and whatever but please come and make the same amount of noise make as much noise as you can it does make a difference it helps our broadcasts as well just one last point as well it's we're lucky that our sport works on television uh, does it work the same no but can it keep going yes and you got to think about all the people who are involved in nightclubs people who are involved in I think of the arts community theatres all these different people who are struggling you're with us in our thoughts a lot of you won't be listening to our podcast but we are so lucky in this industry that there's still a television audience uh, Lindley I guess I'll, I'll go to that we're just we, we have to just appreciate that we don't even know whether it's going to be interrupted again it only takes one Covid case uh, I can tell you they're putting in every precaution but all they can do is test like mad they can't and all they can do is tell the players be as careful as possible but you just no one can control when this disease will uh, catch them and catch some teams so we're just we're fortunate every game we get Absolutely and I think from having been to those matches in the Aviva and down in Thurman Park and now here mm. you know everything has been so superbly well organised and mm. run it's actually I mean from from sometimes from our point of view it's actually easier to come into to a place like that because everything is so well run because it has to be yeah. um, and it's very easy to manage and it's very easy for us to do our work and we're protected too which is important because remember these players are they're not social distancing they are at risk in that regard that's why they're tested so much we're actually the ones that have to be protected as much as they have to so they really do look after us well so we appreciate that the other thing i will say i will give a nod to someone very special who was here this evening yes performing her very first duty oh yes the president of connaught rugby and heenahan and i thought it was lovely to see her here tonight and not the usual sort of, I suppose, rousing introduction to uh, to rugby in, in Connacht as she would have expected normally under normal circumstances. Oh, but within the, within the structures, I can't think of a better person at this moment in time to be our president. I think it's very timely, given the fact that it is women in sports mm-hmm. time at the moment. Um, and she was such an important role back in 2003 with the Supporters Club and ever since. Absolutely. Yeah. She's had a long time in, involved with rugby and I think... It, she has just a very, um, I suppose, a well-balanced view of, of a, a lot of things, including rugby, that I think helps her in this particular role. From the well-balanced Lindy to the, uh, to the listeners, we say thank you very much. Talk to you next week. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Side. 